0: Good morning, Ram Nation. Welcome into DNBR Rams Live, presented by Nature's of Colorado, the northeastern Colorado dispensary providing top-quality cannabis and a wide variety of products. Make sure you use that code DNBR online or mention DNBR in stores or in the drive-thru. Bam! Big-time road win for CSU men's basketball, 73-61 over Fresno State. Look, it wasn't the flashiest win in the world. It wasn't the game that... Two months from now, you look back on and reminisce over, but I just felt like, much like San Diego State, it was a really solid, complete performance on both ends of the floor. Uh, They they just executed and did what they needed to throughout over the last two games. CSU shoots 53% overall, 41% from deep, 100% at the free throw line. That's a winning recipe, especially when you only have five turnovers. Uh, They forced 12 the other way, resulting in 16 points, which was really big. Um, I think the big key for the Rams, when you look at how they have responded since that meltdown in Wyoming, which I'm probably going to stop bringing it up after this one, to be honest, because we're we're two games past it. But it it just could have been a moment that really compounded. It could have been one of those devastating situations that you know, just kills your season. And instead the Rams come out and over the last 80 minutes of play against a pair of competitive teams, CSU has led for 75 minutes and 16 seconds of a possible 80 minutes. They've trailed for all of a minute and 45 seconds over the last two games. And the most they've gone down is two during that stretch. This was a week where you had to respond And the resilience and the ability to lock in and and really just execute on both ends of the floor has been really significant. And you've got to credit the starting five. They were absolutely awesome once again. You know, they they were huge, scored 71 of 79 points in that win against San Diego State. They back it up, uh, have another big night. I think it was 63 points. They've scored 133 of 152 possible points over the last two games. That's not to say that, you know, guys in the rotation aren't, playing winning basketball or impacting things, you know, Jalen Lake and what he brings to the the team defensively. Joe Palmer with the hustle plays also had a big three in this one. Bemba comes in and basically immediately changes the, the tone physically, but this is a situation where you're going to need your starters to step up. If you are going to be a team that's able to contend in this deep league. And over the last two games, man, the starting five have really stood, stood up in a major way you know, they, All five finished in double digit scoring figures. That was after four or five did so in that win over San Diego State. Sometimes, you know, a a bad loss can be a wake up call and really get you dialed back in. And I think that seems to be the case. Obviously, there's plenty of basketball still to be played. You've got nine games to go, five are at home, a couple of really challenging stretches still to be played. But I've just been really impressed with the maturity and the ability of this team to, to handle the emotion of something like that because it wasn't. It wasn't an ordinary situation. You had to immediately turn back around and, and find a way to you know, establish some success because as we have established a million times, there's just no breaks in this schedule. So for them to to come out and handle that against San Diego State at home in a sellout atmosphere, that was great. The fans get to have some excitement. But to come out and do it against Fresno State, that almost takes a little bit more self-internalized motivation. It's just, you're not going to overlook them, per se. They have some veterans that can really play Isaiah Hill, one of the better point guards in in the conference, Xavier Ducelle, a guy who can get hot from deep, former Wyoming starter that transferred to a Fresno State but it's just—it's really flat. Like nobody cares about Fresno State basketball. Unfortunately, they don't get any community support whatsoever. It's not going to get the juice out of you in the same way. It's not like they're a premier opponent that you know you, you really get up for that you circle for weeks and weeks. So, for CSU to just come out and perform the way they did to handle handle things in like a business like esque uh, business like performance, I, I just thought that was. Really solid, you know. The Rams—they've now won 11 straight against Fresno State. Uh, Nico Medved—they lost to them the first time. They have not lost to Fresno State since. It's unfortunate CC only gets one against Fresno State this year, and San Jose State. You know, the imbalance schedule is going to probably play a factor to a degree in this Mountain West League title race. Big, big time win. We're going to get into the takeaways. I'm going to break it all down. Shout out to everybody in the comment section. Thanks for getting up with me. A weird morning. I actually woke up with hives, had an allergic reaction. Never had that happen before. Got it all taken care of, so we're good to go. I, I hope I'm you know, locked in on some Benadryl, a little bit loopy at the moment. But uh, I really am impressed with the way that CSU was able to respond in this one. Uh, we got a question here in the comment section. What did Zay say to the bench when he got that technical foul? I have no idea. He turned around and said something. It looked like he and the bench were kind of going back and forth that happens 6 to 7 times per side you know i just i thought it was such a, such a lame tee i'm glad that it didn't generally impact the the game much more than it did but if you're going to give guys technical fouls for turning around and talking to the bench you're going to give about 6 to 7 a game it was just really weird especially for a player like isaiah who's you know so composed and and so I mean, well-mannered. He's a dog out there on the court. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure he was talking, you know, talking some smack. But you got to let the guys play with passion a little bit. I I just thought that was a a little bit boring. Um, Shout out to Aaron in the comment section. Always trying to make me laugh. I appreciate the support. Not going to let you derail me though, man. I I got a show to do and we are going to get this done. I'm going to get into the takeaways, talk about some of the key stats, talk about some of the really important individual performances. I real, real quick, I do want to shout out Game Time, guys. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets, and when you do it with Game Time, you don't have to. They take all the stress out of the process. They've got killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and the best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Right now, if you go on there, you know it's a great way to find some some last minute deals to upcoming college basketball games, Nuggets, Avalanche, whatever you're into. Whatever your poison, they're going to have a little bit of something for you. What's really cool about GameTime is they offer a variety of ways to you know, save money. They have zone deals where you can pick the section, they'll pick the seats, you're going to save an average of 18% with their best price guarantee. If you can find tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. They're for the people. Download the GameTime app, create an account, make sure you use that code DNVR, get $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account, redeem that code DNVR for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. I also want to shout out the presenting sponsors, Natures of Colorado. They provide an amazing grade of cannabis and a vast variety of products. Check them out for all your needs. They've got infused edibles, high potency concentrates, some of the best flower in the state. There are four Natures of Colorado locations in Colorado: Log Lane Village, Garden City, Sedgwick, and Milliken. They are the go-to dispo in northeastern Colorado. Order online at naturescolorado.com. Stay cozy. Don't even get out of your car because they have a drive through. That's right, people. We're living in the future. Give any of those visits or uh, any of those locations a visit. Make sure you mention our code DNVR to take advantage of these Natures of Colorado deals. So, their deals include a $99 ounce every day. But when you use that code DNVR, you can get a full ounce of any shelf for $85. Bucks. Exquisite extracts, two gram bucket for 15 Remember, use the code DNVR online or mention DNVR in stores. <laughs> Shout out to everybody in the comment section. I, I appreciate you. Aaron always trying to derail us, but appreciate the support nonetheless. Listen to your wife. She's always right. Um, Joel Scott. I want to start with him because I talk about Neat Clifford all the time. I talk about Isaiah Stevens all the time, and rightfully so. Those, you know, Those two, when you look at what they are doing statistically right now, it's insane. I highly recommend giving the account Aztec Breakdown a follow on Twitter. They do a great job of kind of averaging out the the various, you know, metrics uh, across the board to give you kind of an idea of who the the best players in the league truly are. And as of this morning, um Isaiah Stevens neat Clifford the top of his metric which it, it's just insane what those two do on a night-to-night basis, but uh, especially in a game like this, I-, I love the opportunity to talk about a guy like Joel St- Joel Scott. It's it's been such a fun story, anyways. Former Division 2 star. I mean, the the son of you know a former star at CU or the brother, good lord, the Benadryl's really kicking in today. <laughs> um, he goes off, you know, isn't able to play D1 out of high school, goes on and, and you know, becomes D2 player of the year. Had a variety of options, you know, coming out of Black Hill State, could have probably ended up in Wyoming, you know, in a different world. Maybe he ends up at CU. It feels like a miss on their part. But he's just really been that gritty guy that that does the the dirty work for you. And to have 14, six and six on the road like he did, this was huge. I mean, six assists is twice as many as a season high coming in. Uh, It's now back-to-back games where he's been a major factor in the second half. He had 12 points in the second half against San Diego State. Has 12 points in this one as well. I think he'd probably be my MVP of the week. And that's saying something because there have been some really standout individual performances. But it it just really changes things when he is able to put the ball on the floor and and be aggressive and score down low. He's gotten to the line a ton. And now in back-to-back games, you know, he goes two of three from deep if he can stretch the floor too, I mean, all of a sudden the possibilities with the spacing really open up. And I felt like you could feel that in the second half and, and credit CSU. will kind of get into it here in a second. The, the three-point shooting down the stretch was really big when the Rams needed it. Um, I'm with you, Aaron. He says, it just seems like Joel Scott has finally figured out his role in this team. He isn't going to overpower everyone in the post, but he has figured out how to contribute. I also feel like he's found his confidence. I think he got you know, a little bit skittish at times after kind of a, a rough start against Utah State and Boise State. And that's not uncommon. Even when you are successful in non-conference play after making the jump, league plays a whole different animal, especially this year with how deep the Mountain West is. But there's just so much familiarity between these two teams. Everybody knows what they're trying to do. You know, there's, there's a lot of coaches that have been in the conference now for a half decade. They know what, you know, this offense is, is trying to accomplish out there we saw it with Cartier last year, he had a stretch where, you know, the physicality kind of gave him some fits and Joel Scott, it, it just really feels like he's found his footing ever since kind of that quiet stretch there. And man, he's been hooping of late and it's been great to see if he can continue to knock down shots like this from along the perimeter that really changes things. It just makes everything easier. I mean, the, the defender has to respect him, right? You got to respect that shot you can't just leave him alone in the corner if he's going to go two of three every game. So then all of a sudden, you know, the big guy drifts out and you've got a little more space for a guy like Nick Clifford to get to the rim and throw down a monster dunk or Isaiah to do his thing and attack and get to the hoop. Or, you know, maybe you attack and then they collapse and you're able to kick it back out for an open three. It just, it opens up everything when you're able to score from all three, all three levels. And Cartier, he's been able to do that from the beginning. Joel Scott, him also being able to do it is huge. Both those guys had 14 points apiece. Going back to the, the stretch there where they lost two out of three, you know, we were kind of talking about wanting these two guys to both step up. It felt like we always had a Patrick Cartier game or a Joel Scott game. And I feel like now in, in back-to-back wins, both of these guys stepped up in a major way. Uh, Cartier, nine of his points were in the first half, really got the offense rolling. Missed a pair of open threes to start the game. Both great looks, just uh, weren't flush. Didn't let that deter him. Continued to look to score. uh, Continued to, you know, do his thing. Uh, I just, I can't say enough about what those two guys were able to do. I also want to shout out Josiah Strong. Again, anytime I can kind of emphasize uh, some of these other key members of the rotation, I'm going to do it. Back-to-back games, he's been great in the second half. Uh, 10 points in that second half. He's had 20 over the last two games. The majority of his production has come late, back-to-back games. He's had a, a three late that's been really big. <laughs> I was laughing, you know, and it's inevitable. We're going to hear it for probably at least the rest of the season, if not longer. But anytime CSU's up like double digits or particularly 11 late in the game, you know the announcers are going to be like, "Oh, you know, like look out, you know the Rams they were up 11. What you never know what's going to happen. Fair, true. We earned it. We got to, you know, we got to live with that one." but he just immediately cashes a three and it, it was huge. It was huge. Now we we got some people in the comment section, uh, going back and forth about uh Lake and strong Jalen, Lake he did go. O of six from the floor as, as is mentioned here in the comment section and they need him. And really the bench as a whole, um, 133 of 152 points in these ones have been scored by the starters. You do need, you do need, Oh my gosh, you do need those guys to step up a little bit more than they have just in terms of knocking down some open shots and stuff like that. But what Jalen Lake brings to the table as an on ball defender is an absolutely massive win for this team. And you could really feel when Lake and strong weren't out there for those couple of games, you know, it it just, that there were more open threes, there were easier driving lanes. I mean, everything just kind of opened up for the opponent. So I want that to be clear. Like, yes, Ideally, like you're going 3 of 6 from the floor, not oh of 6. But I I haven't felt like his shot selection has been poor at all. He's played within the flow of the game. Uh, He's had a couple of instances where he's actually uh, driven in recent games and scored with some floaters. I'd like to see a little bit more of that. Seems to be leaving the threes a little bit short, uh, just kind of rusty from there. Hopefully, he's able to find his rhythm. But he stepped up and, and had some big scoring performances and a couple of key wins now. And Again, the, the major thing is just what guys like him and Josiah bring to the table defensively. If they're also able to contib- contribute and score like 20 points a night combined, that's huge. That's absolutely huge. But really, most nights, the the majority of the scoring burden, that's gonna fall on Isaiah Stevens, Neat Clifford, you know, Cartier. Scott's even doing his thing now. So if, if they can do their thing defensively, you know, you can live with a quiet night every now and then it's just not the end of the world, especially when the starters are able to execute the way that they have, uh, over these last couple neat Clifford, 12 points, eight rebounds, four assists. CU transfer continues to do his thing. If you miss my feature on him, um, not really a feature. I just kind of dove into some of the numbers, which are very impressive right now. If you look at his true shooting per, uh, True shooting numbers. If you look at his effective field goal percentage, both of those rank in the top ten in the country. He's just doing everything right at the moment. You know, when the when the shots there from deep, he takes it. When the opportunity to put it on the floor and get to the hoop is there, he does so. He's the team's best rebounder by far. Um, he, he's making nice passes. You know, getting everybody involved. He's not trying to do too much. And his block in the second half was was awesome. And again, another guy that really just elevates this team's ceiling on the defensive side. So when there are nights where it's easy to you know, fixate on you know, Isaiah Stevens going crazy or Patrick Cartier you know, stretching the floor, I do just want it to be remembered that the, the dirty work, the defensive things that guys like Clifford and, and Josiah and Jalen are, are able to do on a nightly basis, it greatly elevates this team's potential because at the end of the day, you're only going to go as far as, as your defense takes you. And, It was really great in a situation where the Rams needed to pull out a dub away from home. The defense traveled. and That was a great, great sight to see. Uh, We got a question from Aaron Harris here. Serious question for J Mike. Which host city would you most like to see CSU play at for the NCAA tournament? Charlotte, Brooklyn, Indy, Salt Lake City, Omaha, Pittsburgh, Memphis, Spokane. I've thought about this a lot, obviously, because it's going to impact me uh, in a major way anywhere where it's challenging to get to like Spokane you don't really want that for the fans just because it's expensive it's it's hard i think best case would be indianapolis or salt lake city just because you can get cheap flights it's not super expensive to be there you have the option to drive if needed you know charlotte that could be kind of tough to brooklyn you know that's the other side of the country anything like that that gets a little challenging so i, I would say indianapolis or salt lake city would probably be my top 2 the uh, the Arena in Indianapolis was one of the cooler basketball venues that I've ever been in just functionally. It's a really gorgeous facility. It's a convenient setup right in the heart of downtown. They've got that little square there with a bunch of restaurants and hotels and stuff. It's just a really solid setup. So I guess Indy would probably be my top choice. Salt Lake City would be the other... Maybe it should be Salt Lake City number one, just because you can drive that a little bit more conveniently. But at this time of year, that's that's kind of sketch anyways, uh, potentially, weather-wise. You never know, going through Wyoming and whatnot. All right. Need more scoring from the bench. Uh, as we have alluded to before we answered that one, I'm just not worried. They're, they're stepping up. They're doing things that impact winning basketball that don't always necessarily reflect in the box score. Uh, one of the things I highlighted the other night with Jalen Lake is he had a couple of Really nice decisions in transition. Instead of being selfish, he was able to make that extra pass, which you know ultimately led to a score. A lot of the times, it ended up being a hockey assist situation. So again, not necessarily going to stand out in the box score if you're not paying attention. But they're doing the little things. They're they're creating turnovers. They're going for loose balls. They're rebounding well. Um, yes, you would like to see them step up a little bit more and score, uh, especially Jalen Lake. 06, you know. Just you got to hit a couple of those. That, that's all I'm saying. But Joe Palmer, I, I thought he was great in this one. He got called for kind of a ticky tacky charge at at one point. Instead of getting in his head, you know, he goes down and he tries to make a, a really solid defensive play. Gets called for a block. And in that instance, when you have both of them go against you, really could lose your head. And instead, on the other end, he gets another ca- opportunity. Just catches a deep three with the defender's hand in his face. Really nice instance of. Just keeping his composure and, and playing within the flow of the game, not letting a, a tough stretch kind of, you know, compound again, really just resilience is the big key with CSU. And the fact that they have been able to execute at a high level is, has really been important. Got another question here from Taylor. Do you think rotations will be tightened up for games against Boise, uh, Utah State, New Mexico, and more bench guys play against San Jose State and Air Force? Ideally, ideally. But the reality, and as we saw when Air Force came into Moby Arena, is there really are no gimme games in this league. And San Jose State, they're coming off of a tough one. They just got murdered by Nevada. I I like Cardenas. I love their point guard. They can score a little bit. I mean, you got to show every team in this league respect. So yeah, that that would be optimal if you can get a couple of situations where you're able to get your stars a little bit extra rest. That'd be awesome. You don't want it to be, you know, a sprint for these final nine games, especially because it's the Mountain West tournament coming up after that. And then obviously the NCAA tournament, it's going to be a a gauntlet enough. So anytime you can get some opportunities for some other guys to see the floor, that's great for their character and just for them to be not their character, just for, for their general I don't know, mindset. So, you know, you, you stay locked in. You, you just want the guys that are working to get an opportunity to see the floor when it's available. But at the same time, we all know that these are the games you've got to win. And so you're really going to lean on your starters and your stars in that instance. You know, the the top eight guys in that rotation, which I would say, you know, you have your starters and Jalen Lake, Joe Palmer and Bemba. That's going to be the main eight. I think you get cayenne on the floor when you can uh, Javante, if you can, it seems like Javante's taking Tavy's minutes. I'm not 100% sure what's happened there. You get those guys some, some spots when you're able to, but at the end of the day, it's about winning. And one of the things that I noticed, and I'm going to have to go back when I rewatch it today and really go through the rotations and, and take note of it, but I, I noticed that unlike the game against San Diego State where they immediately had a 10-0 run when Nick and Isaiah went off the floor, it seems like the staff did emphasize just a little bit more trying to kind of space out when those two go to the bench. I think having at least one of those guys on the floor at all times is really important. Maybe you can get away with like a minute um or two if you can get lucky and kind of stretch it around the media timeouts where you juke the system where those guys are able to catch a breath at the same time. But ultimately you can just feel it on both ends. When those guys go out the the tone of the game tends to to change immediately. I want to highlight a a couple of key adjustments here. I I felt like both coaches threw a lot at each other and the broadcast was really entertaining. I, I love Pete Gillen and Carter Blackburn. I think those guys are probably the best national broadcast crew that we get as Ram fans. They've been doing the Mountain West for over a decade. They're really locked in. They're enthusiastic. They love the league. They love CSU and Fort Collins. This program, it's fun. Yes, a little bit corny at times, but Gillen was in his bag last night, man. He was throwing out all the, the old school cliches. You know, Fresno State starts turning the ball over too much, and he's calling them a bakery. Talked about Neat Clifford, and he's like, you know, he's like All State. You're in good hands. I just, I love it. I, I love his passion for the game. I love the fact that those guys actually know a little bit about the Mountain West and these teams, and not just that, but the communities and the schools and the fan bases. It's, it's cool when you get the national crew that. Truly does their job and locks in. I mean, we're fortunate when we get people like Jenny Kavner on because she's a Ram. She already knows all this stuff, but we all know what it's like, especially on the football side. It happens so much more on the football side than basketball where you get two dudes that clearly have not watched a Mountain West game all season and they're just reading straight out of the media guide. It just—it doesn't come out the same. Anyways, got a little sidetrack there. Pete Gillen, you're the man same with Blackburn, great job, CBS sports network. He did a great job of highlighting uh, whenever either team would try to adjust things schematically. And you know, the Rams, there were some stretches, not second half where they had to mix in some zone. Cause they were giving up uh, too many easy points in the paint. Fresno was switching up all night. I mean, they would go to one, three, one to two, three back into man. And every time that happened, Gillen did a really good job of just kind of pointing that out for the audience, which is nice. Um, you know, The type of thing I'll notice, but certainly not as quickly as he did. I I just felt like the broadcast was great in that regard. Um, one of the big key adjustments, though, is CSU allowed six offensive rebounds in that first half. And it was a major reason, in my opinion, why the Rams weren't up more at halftime. In that second half, they rebound much better as a team. They finish plus five on the glass. They don't give up a single offensive rebound. CSU also pulls down four in that second half after not getting any. Um there are actually two instances in. The second half, where CSU had an air ball, I think one was by Neek, and I believe one was by Isaiah. Actually, funny enough, both of them end up being offensive rebounds and scores for for CSU. But sometimes you need to be lucky, you know. Sometimes it's it's one of those things where the ball bounces your way or it lands your way because you are in the right position, because the spacing is good, because you're doing all the the right things. But I, I was just kind of cracking up that. A pair of air balls, the ugliest shots the Rams had all night. Both actually ended up essentially working as passes and and you know being good possessions for uh, CSU. The Rams shot six of thirteen from deep in that second half, so some really clutch shooting. Three of nine in the first half. They missed a couple early, hit a couple. Um, really, the three point shooting is what allowed Fresno State to hang in early. And I, I was interested to see if they were able to maintain that in the second half. They did not. They did get in the paint much better. Um, really, I mean, kind of scored at will in the second half. But the thing was, CSU, they just never stopped executing. And any time that Fresno was able to put a couple of buckets together and have an opportunity to pe- potentially chip into the lead, the Rams would just you know, go right down and knock a jump shot down in their face. And it was really impressive, especially because they were able to run the clock And, you know, not make things too challenging on themselves. And then, you know, late in the possession, confidently get to their spot and knock it down. There was an instance where it got a little bit discombobulated. There's like six seconds left in the shot clock. Zay, he takes the ball at the top of the key, resets, gets everybody in position, you know, very calmly just gets to, you know, the corner there right by the free throw line, knocks down a a mid-range jumper. He loves that spot. Another instance, you know, Josiah Strong is able to cash a three late. There was another one where Cartier, you know, was able to finish with two seconds left in the shot clock. They just they did a a really good job of taking care of business. I mean, it's it's a cliche, and I get it, and I used it both in the written piece and you know, now on the live show, I get it. But that's what this was to me a business like performance against a team that you're better than, you have more talent than, you're better coached than. You should beat them on the road. Now, I'm not saying you should beat them by 30. This is a team that's frisky at home. They should have beat Boise at home. They had them on the ropes, straight up choked it away. And that's what happens You know, with this team. They just they kind of shoot themselves in the foot, despite the fact that they have some guys that are pretty good. I mean, they're, they're big man down low. He's nice. Xavier Ducell is a guy who's been impactful in this league for multiple years. Isaiah Hill, he's having a career year at point guard, but it just doesn't seem to matter because... They turn the ball over too much. They typically don't knock down free throws, although they were actually pretty good at the line. And this one, not as good as CSU, who shot 100% at the free throw line. And I mean, when you go 50, 40, 90% from the, the free throw line, that's kind of like what you would love to hit. I mean, you went above 50, above 40, and 100% at the free throw line. So that's about all you can ask for, um... Just really like the way that the Rams executed in this game. I, I really liked it. It is better than the cliche. Did you know that Roddy played quarterback in high school? I'm with you, Aaron. The it, it's it's much better. There was a stretch there for about two years where every time that got brought up on the the broadcast, I wanted to throw my remote at the at the TV or, you know, at my floor or something. Speaking of floors, though, the the best in the business, Empire today teamed up with. Get the right product for your needs, quick and professional installation, and a price match guarantee. Empire today is the best place to get new flooring. Uh, So of course, they have copycats, but they can't beat Empire on their quality service or speed. What they do is they advertise low-quality products that Empire is not even going to carry. And and that's the truth. Because while they can't necessarily uh, promise you the lowest price, you wouldn't even want that. Because if that's the case, you are putting crappy products in your home that they wouldn't put in their own. And that's their philosophy, really, to help you find what you need. They don't want to overwhelm you with a million choices and and substitutes. What they leave out of selection, that's honestly just as important as what they leave in. They make it easy for you. And with their virtual floor designer, it's a great way to see how any new floor is going to look in a space. It's easy. All you do is snap a picture and boom, you can instantly see what it's going to look like in any space. Technology, man, it's crazy. They pride themselves on the convenient shop-at-home service. They help customers shop for floors where they use their floors so they can see exactly what their new floors will look like in their homes with the lighting and decor. It just allows you to make an informed decision. It's so hard to, you know, go to the, the brick-and-mortar store and look and be like, ah, oh, I don't, I think this would look good with our couch. You know, with this convenient process, the virtual floor designer, you don't have to worry. You can see. Schedule a free in home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 discount when they use the promo code DNVR. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash DNVR for details. Finally, shout out to the OG homies over at Breckenridge Brewery. You know that I love Breck Brew. They've been with us since the beginning. Literally, I believe the very first podcast I did, I had to do a Breck Brew read. Here we are almost five years later. And, uh, and we're still doing it, so shout out to Breck Brew, they've been doing it for 33 years. All comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. Check out the Breck Beer locator at breckbrew.com. Find a brew near you. All right, keep those comments rolling. If you have anything that you want me to respond to here in the final minutes, I'm certainly down. If not, I'll get through a couple of more things that I have in my notebook, and we'll you know all go on with our day. Uh, if you missed the original piece that I wrote last night, had some written takeaways on the win, focused on, you know, obviously some of the things we're talking about in here, but please go check that out. Uh, also go check out the spotlight on the DNVR sports youtube ryan green man. he he really is the the just the. The best in the biz. I mean, it's it's the easiest way to say it. I don't don't know why I got tongue-tied there. I was trying to get too cute with it. I suppose. Um, here, here's a question I'd like to get to from Taylor. Kyan minutes over Tavy Minutes. Have me a bit perplexed. That's from Taylor Desh in the comment section. Hope I pronounced your last name correct. Thank you for always tuning in, brother. Um, yeah, it's something I've gone back and forth on as well. I think at the moment, I would probably trust Tavi significantly more defensively offensively he's a little bit limited um it's a tough spot man Isaiah Stevens coming back for the fifth year certainly impacted you know what he would have expected the the situation to be if i had to guess and this is this is me speculating you know this is not inside information this is not you know something i've asked the coaches about if I had to guess and I say this with respect to to both players, you're probably more concerned about the potential of losing Cayenne Evans than you are Tavy Jackson. Now that's not to say that Tavy isn't a really good player and doesn't have the the opportunity to to be a great you know piece in this rotation, moving forward, potentially even a starter. I think he's really athletic, I think he can defend at a high level. Kyan's really good, guys. Like He he gets lost out there at times. I know he certainly looks like a freshman, especially on the defensive side of things. But he demonstrates a really high IQ that reminds me... And I want to be very careful when I use these comparisons because you don't want to create impossible standards that players can't live up to. But he does have some of that similar headiness that you saw out of Isaiah Stevens from the very get-go. Just the vision, the ability to run the floor and although he may not be super confident as a scorer at, at at the moment, there are times actually where I feel like he's maybe even a little bit too passive. The fact that he's able to positively go out there and, you know, create quality looks for others. He's not scared to put the ball on the floor and get to the hoop. He gets this team a lot of quality looks, even if he is not scoring himself. And, you know, there'll be some lumps defensively, but he also, he, he has all the tools, you know. He's aggressive. I think he can be a pretty good on-ball defender. He's gonna have to put on some weight with, you know, JP in the weight room, and he will. Uh, but that would be my assessment of the situation. Now, again, that's purely speculation. But you know, Kyan's really good, guys. He's really good, Um, and, and I certainly hope to hang on to both of them because I think that future backcourt duo could be very nasty. But if you only could play one there is an element of politicking in college basketball today. You know, it, it's never been easier for good players to leave. And that's the, the really challenging balance, especially when you have a roster like this, where you have six or yeah, seven actually legitimate veterans to play, but you also have some really exciting freshmen that you want to get on the floor. Ideally, you'd probably be getting Rashan Bemba for a few more minutes than, you know, he's able to get right now, but, with where CSU's at and what their ceiling is as a team, you know, the focus is more on win now and, and less on development. Although you're trying to do a little bit of that along the way. So that was really long winded to say something pretty simple, but uh, that's what you do in the podcast. Game. <laughs> um, I just thought the Rams out executed Fresno state very similarly to what they did against San Diego state. I actually think it's kind of nice when you play these teams back to back, would probably rather play Fresno State first as the tune-up for San Diego State, but they do present some similar challenges. Both to be tend to be teams that muck it up defensively. Justin Hudson came over from San Diego State with a long-time assistant, so that makes sense that he brings that identity to Fresno State. They like to dictate the tempo. They want to slow it down. They want to play really physical. They want to knock you off your game, and to CSU's credit, Again, you know, you trail for less than two minutes, you lead for over thirty six minutes or um over seventy six minutes out of a possible eighty over the last two games. I just felt like the Rams executed in a great way on both sides. They did the little things. They go for loose balls, they were active on the glass. They were able to be picky with their shot selection. All year, I don't think it's been bad or anything like that, but there were maybe some times, especially in some of those losses, where while the shots were open, there were opportunities to continue to work the ball for an, for a great shot. And instead of taking a good one, you're able to get a great look. And the shot selection over these last two games, I thought, has just been tremendous. I think some of it has to do with the spacing. The big guys being able to stretch the floor is just so massive. Some of it has to do with what Isaiah and Nick are able to do uh, with putting the ball on the floor and, and driving on teams. Some of it has to do with guys like Josiah Strong, you know, Knocking down some of these open jump shots that just weren't falling for CSU during those tough stretches, again, though it all kind of works together, and that's what I was trying to highlight when they were struggling. It wasn't like it was this massive issue like you needed to just throw out the playbook or rewrite things it was just a couple things here and there were were not clicking the way that things were supposed to, and this is a sports car, you know you need everything to kind of function together, and in these last two games, to their credit, they really played well um Here's a fun question from Aaron Harris. What would J Mike's post game two snacks be? I'd be hitting up the circle K, you know, I'm I'm loyal to uh, our brand shout out circle K. I would, it's a great question. If they have it, I'm going Snickers peanut butter. One of my favorites, really tough to beat. Uh, if not, I'm probably going the Reese's sticks. Also just tough to beat. You get the crunch of a Kit Kat, but with that Reese's, uh, peanut butter, oh, it's so good. Um, I honestly, I'm just a junk food guy. If you gave me any combination of, of candy and then something salty to go with it, I'm going to be pretty stoked. Since we're in the car, I think you want to eliminate things like Cheetos, stuff like that that are going to get messy, that are going to get all over your hands. Maybe Doritos, not quite as messy as, as Cheetos would be. So I could do something like that. The spicy nachos, Doritos are one of my favorite... But I think I'm gonna go simple. If if I had my choice of anything, I'm I'm going the Snickers peanut butter. I'm going just the the classic Lay's chips, nice and salty. You get the salty, you get the sweet. And then, you know, depending on what kind of mood I'm in, I'm probably getting like a you know, diet Dr. Pepper or like a I don't know, maybe if we're living crazy like a Mountain Dew or something like that. Diet Mountain Dew probably. Gotta watch the sugar as you get older. It's it's no fun, man. I'm second guessing every decision. Back Back in the day, I used to go into the the gas station and just confidently put whatever junk into my body I wanted. And now, you know, I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to to stay on the slimmer side. The pants are getting a little bit tighter as we get older. If you know what I'm saying, it's it's not fun. Uh, I do like bugle, bugles and rollos, though. I, I I would be down for that. We've got that in the comment section as a suggestion as well. Haven't had rollos in like ten years. I, those still exist, right? I, I think they do. I think that uh, snack tradition, by the way, is one of the the cooler things that CSU does. I think it's a great just bonding and camaraderie moment. It's also fun on social media for all of us to engage and you know see what everybody got. I remember a couple years ago, uh, Coach Cooley got Raisin Bran, and everybody was just clowning him for it. Now it seems like he's leaned into it a little bit more. You know, having a little bit more fun with the kids, getting they're all getting ice cream and chips. It's just cool. You know, I, I think this staff does. Such a good job of striking that balance of doing the right things and working your ass off and executing at a high level and meticulous preparation while also remembering that these are, you know, 19, 20, 21 year old kids. They're in college and they're going through it as as well, both as, you know, the emotions of a basketball team, but just the emotions of being that age and being a student and trying to, you know, find yourself and grow up and mature and all that. And you know, whether it's something silly like going to the gas station and and just having fun, you know, everybody getting ice cream together, or like last Sunday where you're coming off of a, a really heartbreaking moment instead of berating these guys, beating them down when they know exactly what happened, you go out in the sunshine, you play a team softball game. I just, I, I think this staff does such a great job of connecting with the players. I think it's why they don't have the turnover issues. When it comes to the roster that we see throughout the league, I think it's why they've been able to hang on to some really talented players for significant periods of time. Guys like David Roddy, Isaiah Stevens never even consider you know, hopping in the transfer portal because of that relationship they have with these coaches. And while a lot of that is X's and O's, yes, these coaches put these players in a great position to succeed. It just behooves them to stick around from a basketball perspective. But more than that, it's deeper. They they know that these coaches care about them and they reference it when they talk about it and just how big it is to go to a place where the coaches are gonna look out for you as as people and genuinely want what's best for you. You know, like yes, it would have been great if Roddy could have came back for another year, but you know, nobody was more stoked for that guy to go in the first round than you know, Nico and Ali. And obviously we were all very stoked for him as well, team DNVR guy. I just I love this program. I know that they had a really tough stretch. I, I'm not trying to tell anybody that was frustrated that they were wrong for being frustrated, especially after last weekend. But the overreactions, the people you know questioning, you know, is is Medved really the guy that that just gets kind of crazy to me. I, I think this team has more than shown how well coached they are this week with the way that they've executed, with the way that they have responded in the face of adversity and this team showed a lot. Now the big question is can you maintain it? Because the schedule, it's a gauntlet and it doesn't get any easier. You've got a huge week at home against a Boise State team that's really freaking good. They they beat Nevada on the road. They also went into the pit and beat New Mexico, which basically felt impossible. The Lobos were looking like the nineties Bulls at home for a while there. You gotta find a way to defend Moby. And you know, if you can win both of these all of a sudden with the way things have Kind of shaped out with the rest of the league, you know. Maybe you're kind of quietly back in that Mountain West title race conversation. You know, right now you're you're still firmly fifth, I think, or maybe even sixth because of tiebreakers. A lot of time left. All these teams still have to go to each other as well. So, huge week coming up. I'm I'm very interested to see how CSU responds. Looking forward to uh, getting back to Fort Collins. Should be a really fun one. Whiteout on Tuesday night. I hope it is another sellout. Would love to see. Honestly, I'd love to see every game from here on out sell out. I think with what's at stake, I think the fact that Isaiah Stevens, just the opportunity to see him in Fort Collins a couple more times alone would would be enough to incentivize me to make that trek from Denver. But I know it gets tough with weather and stuff and, and all that, but this team really is worth it. And there's just something about the vibes of being in Moby Arena that Truly, I I don't get that feeling like anywhere else in sports right now. I certainly don't get it going into Canvas, the Broncos Stadium. It kind of just feels like, oh man, here we go. You're constantly waiting for the other shoe to fall. Whereas at Moby, I'm just excited for what's to come. I'm I'm just happy to be there in the moment, and you know it's fun to be able to see all of you guys up there. I'm very fortunate to have so much support from the CSU Rams community for all of you that tune in and. You know, listen to the pod and support the written content and social and everything. It means the world to me. But uh, I'll have plenty of content coming your way. I'm going to get another piece out on this Fresno State win on the site later on. Uh, We'll talk more about the Boise State game as we get closer. I'll have content throughout the week. Going to be a blast. Um, Going live Thursday at 4pm. Make sure you're tuned in. Again, Thursday shows are now in the afternoon. Proud to be y'all. Always uh, shout out to my guy, Kale, behind the sticks, making things run smoothly. We couldn't do it without him. Stay warm out there. Stay safe. Much love.
1: Peace. Palisades sweet as mama's marmalade This shit sound like summer days The windows down on harmony The family band sing harmonies My daddy played the drums My mama slapped that bass My sister sang these songs Dancing under canopies We thank the trees for all their leaves We are just some drops of water Together make up seven seas And one day I'll be like my father One day I will learn to breathe I'm choking on the thought That I am not the man I want to be I got blood on my shirt Like I wear my heart on my sleeve She said I look good in red But that went straight to my head So now she's rocking my teeth. Tucked into new prodigies and we ain't spoken a month But I just saw her last week The lipstick stain still on my cheek like we ain't talk enough And we always seem to laugh but never nod at us So the future's looking grim, it's kinda ominous And this song ain't about love, that'd be too obvious See, this is more about lust and all of my misconceptions And this is more about me and all of my self-deception I'll tell myself a lie, 100 times don't need corrections But every night I pray to God, I hope I learn my lesson and the peaches out from palisade and they sweet as mama's marmalade and this should sound like summer days the windows down on harmony the family band sing harmonies my daddy played the drums and my mama slapped that bass and my sister sang these songs dancing hand in hand we were tripping to left feet like a middle school slow dance no one knew how to lead but i'm so thankful for